So we have started a series. This will be our second week in the Connect series. And today I want to preach a title, Connect to Christian Principles. Connect to Christian Principles. Last week we talked, we preached about connecting to Christ. And for every single one of us, I want to tell us that our first step, our first step in life, when we know right from wrong, our first step in life really needs to be to make Jesus Christ our Savior. Make Him our Savior. And then not to just make Him our Savior, who saves our sins and makes us ready for heaven, gives us peace and joy on the inside, but then also to make Him our Lord and our master, and to become rooted and grounded in him and and become a disciple of Christ, following his words, following his teachings, learning of him, growing in him. That's our first step. And then we become rooted, we become grounded, and our roots need to grow. As we talked last week and I held up that one root system from the back there that had grown down into the sewer. But I want to remind us that we need to take care of our roots and make certain that they're not growing into the sewers of this world, but they are growing into the living water that Christ has given to us. May Christ be the head of our lives. And may Christ be the head of our church. You see, he is the good shepherd. Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the mediator between God and man. Thus, we call him our great high priest. And he is the savior of the whole world. Whosoever will come and drink of this water. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So we must connect to Christ. Today, then, I want to talk and take that a step further. After we have connected to Christ, may we connect to Christian principles. What is a principle? It's a a guideline to live by, but it's also a guideline to be blessed by. Can I tell us that maybe if we aren't careful, we can package this gospel message uh, more negatively than it needs to be. The gospel is not negative. It is positive. It is good news. But many say, well, I don't want to serve God. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to follow the Bible because I don't want rules and regulations. But I want to tell us this morning that every rule, every principle that is in the scriptures, we can live by it and we will prosper by it and we'll be blessed by it. And that is the message the world around us needs to hear and understand. God isn't playing gotcha. And God isn't making just abstract rules. But he has laid out in his word principle after principle, precept after precept. And if we follow those things, we will be blessed. And God had it all written down for us. We don't have to play hide and seek. We don't have to to be walking in the dark. Yesterday I was at a water park. Can you believe that? I understand there is video. Don't you dare watch that video. But one of the water slides, it was in the dark. So we would get onto the raft and you would go into the water slide and then it would be totally darkness for any number amount of time. 
Can I just make a startling confession to you right here in public? As I would go down that particular water slide, I put my hand in front of my face, just like that. Because I thought, I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what some old boy might have hung off the top of this thing and popped me in the head. So as I would go down that water slide, I would put my hand like this. <laughs> but I want to tell you that we don't have to do that as we walk in our spiritual walk with God. We need to put our eyes and our hands to this word right here. We don't have to walk in darkness. We don't have to be confused. We don't have to wonder what does God say and what does God mean. But holy men of God throughout the course of thousands of years were moved up on by the Holy Spirit and they brought forth what we call today this Bible. And it is a miracle book in itself. Just the fact that it was all assembled and preserved and put together. The Bible is God's word, God's standard of living. The Bible proves itself. You cannot find one contradiction within the Bible. If you take the Bible and read it from the Genesis to the Revelation and you rightly divide that word of truth, you will find no contradiction but total fulfillment. The Bible proves itself. It is the written word of God. Doesn't change and never will change. And doesn't need to. Amen. It is living. It is powerful. And I ask us this question this morning. Is God's word living and powerful in me? Is God's word living and powerful in you? You see, God's words are powerful. Powerful. You see, words in general are powerful. If I were to look at you and say, stop. That's just one word, but you're going to take heed probably, unless you're one of my children. Because they stop. <laughs> if I look at you and say, go, you're going to go. If I say, watch out, you might watch out. Or if you're down at the softball field and I just hit a foul ball, I may say, heads up, heads. You're going to look. If you've ever been standing at the field and somebody says, heads I start ducking, running for cover. I don't, wanna, I don't want something to hit me in the water slide. I don't want something to hit me on the baseball field. But words are powerful. Even just one word or, or two words. They, words are powerful. And I thought about our founding fathers. And I believe that they were not perfect men, of course, but I believe they knew the power of words. And when they had finally had enough of old King George III and they were tired of no taxation with, or, or with taxation without representation and they were tired of his geographical restrictions, you can't go any further west, and they were tired of his oppressive policies, we're gonna house our soldiers in your house. And finally they had had enough and they said, we're gonna write down some words. And so they penned what was called the Declaration of Independence. And those old boys meant business with their words. And here we stand today, the United States of America. One of them meant so much business, he signed his really big. He said, I want the king to see my signature. That was John Hancock. And so until this day, we look at each other and say, give me your John Hancock. That's our signature. But he wanted, he wanted King George III to see he meant business. And so they pinned down this Declaration of Independence, which is one of the most powerful and enduring documents in the history of mankind. They said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. 
And I wonder during the times of the Revolutionary War, during the hard times, during the hard battles to come, did they look back to those words sometimes and say, wait, we're fighting because we are equal. We're fighting for our independence. I wonder if they had days of doubt. No doubt they did have days of doubt where they thought, is it worth it? But those words maybe inspired them to fight on. Sometimes probably they had fear when this trained professional army from, from Britain, from England, came in marching in their beautiful uniforms in days of fear. But they would look back to those words and said, no, we have drawn a line in the sand. We have written it down. We are going to be free. We have declared with our words our independence. But I believe that that will preach to us this morning. Sometimes as Christians, we have hard battles as well. But I want to tell us during those hard battles, we need to remember whose child we are and we remember what the Word of God tells us. We need to look back in those times of those battles and say, what is it that God says about me? Yes, the doctor says I'm sick, but God says he is a healer, God. What does it that God says about me? What does God's Word say about this situation? Look back. Sometimes in the days of doubt, we need to go back to the Word. And we need to find a promise. I want to tell you that the Word of God is full of promises. And if you are doubting, if you are fearful, if you are wondering, find a promise within the Word of God and go back to it and go back to it and go back to it and believe it and stand on it because God's promises are yes. And amen. What's that mean, pastor? I'll just say it this way. You can take it to the bank, baby. If God says it, God will do it. If God promises it, he will fulfill it. And I want to encourage us, when we feel like we've had enough, get back in the book. Am I preaching all right this morning? If, if we're having hard times and battles, I would say get back in the book. The times of doubt, get back in the book. Times of fear, get back in God's book. Let's look at our text this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, says it this way. For the word of God is living. Somebody say living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division or the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and of the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Words matter. Words are powerful. But today I want to take this word, I want to take this one scripture and I want to pull it apart into three parts and I want us to look at how God's word is so much more powerful than any word or any document or anything that we could reference. God's word is living and powerful. God's word is sharp, piercing. And God's word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So as we do this, I want us to connect some things this morning. I want us to connect our, our faith. Everybody say faith. I want us to connect our feelings. Everybody say feelings. And I want to connect our future, somebody say future, to his word. So first, let's look at connect my faith to his word. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know if I even have any faith. 
Well, I want to answer you that question. You do have faith. The Bible teaches us that to every man and every woman has been given a measure of faith. We have all been given a measure of faith. It is how we place that faith that then becomes the key question and the key issue. and How, how we develop that faith or, or we fail to develop that faith. Hebrews 4 and 2, it said, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well to them, but the word, now listen to this, but the word that they heard did not profit them. Think about this a moment. Why, why didn't the word that they, that they heard, they heard the gospel was preached to them, why didn't it profit them? Because it said not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Unfortunately, there are those that come maybe to the house of God and hopefully not here that, that would sit and cross their arms and, and, and just kind of say, I, I, no, I don't believe it. I'm not accepting it. And there's nothing you or I can do about that. But as an individual, we, when we hear the word of God, may we mix that word with our faith that God has given to us. What am I talking about? A connection point, connecting it. So I thought about a power line. I thought about a power line, and I thought about a connection to a power line. If, if, if they were coming and to run power to someone's property, you've heard the, the term said before, they, they came and they ran power to my property. But then it becomes our responsibility to, to hire and get someone to, to run that power on into where we want it. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? We, we, the, the power company may run it, but we've got to connect it in. We've got to pay and get somebody to connect that power. And I, I believe as I look at, at God's word and, and, and the power of his word, God is doing his part. But am I doing my part? God is extending this powerful word, but am I receiving it? Am I mixing it with faith? Am I, am I accepting it into my life? And then I thought about the times when our power We'll go out. Anybody had a power outage? Anybody had a power outage lately? I know you have. I've seen it on Facebook. <laughs> when, we, when we have a power outage, things get disrupted, don't they? It's not fun, is it? And, and sometimes a storm will come and, and cause the power to go out. A big old tree will fall over the power lines or a limb will come off of a, a branch or limb come off a tree and it'll, it'll disconnect the, the power line. And I feel like that happens to us sometimes as Christians. We're, we're, we're living life and we're, we're juggling everything that we need to juggle. We're trying to serve God. We're reading and praying and coming to church. And, but you know, storms will come. Branches will fall. Whole trees will fall. Sometimes our power, our connection to God and the connection to his word, it can feel a little shaky and feel a little disconnected. But I want to promise us in those times, God is not disconnected. I want to promise us that any storm, any barrier, any branch that falls on our tree, God already knew about it long before it happened. It did not surprise God. And God's connection, his power is still there, but sometimes we need to get into this word and get this word back into us 
And let that power of the word work in us. I don't know if, if I truly grasp it fully this morning. I, I wish, you know, you say, Pastor, you're a preacher. You, you're an orator of the gospel. And you, you study and you preach and you speak. And I, I know that I do. But I stand here and I feel so inadequate. And I think, how in the world could I describe how powerful God's word is? But it is. The greatest adjective that we could find could not describe how powerful it is. So we'll just leave it at powerful. But God's word is powerful. God's word is strong enough to help us endure the storm. God's word is powerful enough to help us stay connected to God during the storm and see us through until we turn the lights back on and the microwave oven's back kicking and happy days are here again. God's word is powerful. It will preserve us. And keep us. So no wonder the writer of Hebrews said in the last part of verse 12, or in the first part of verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful. What do I need to do then? I need to connect my faith to his word. On the good days, connect my faith to his word. On the bad days, connect my faith to his word. All things work together for good to them who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. The days in between, the challenging days, the disappointing days, the heart-wrenching days, the heartbreaking days, the days of celebration, the days of promotion, all of those days that number our lives, may we connect them to the powerful living word of God. Then next, I want us to connect something else this morning. I want us to connect our feelings. Everybody say feelings. We don't always feel like doing what is right. Can I be honest with you this morning when the alarm went off this morning for me to get out of bed? I love coming to church. I love you all. I love preaching. I love being here. But I'll tell you, when that alarm went off this morning, I wasn't Feeling it. So I postponed my departure from the mattress. <laughs> Praise God for snooze bars and, oh, yes, almost as good as food. <laughs> but I postponed it. And then when it did it again, can I tell you, I still wasn't feeling it. And when I drug my sorry self out of the bed, I still wasn't feeling it. But now when I got in here this morning about 10 o'clock and they started singing and playing, I was feeling it then. But can I tell you, we don't walk by feelings. And as Pentecostal churches and Church of God and, and all those things that we, that we are, and we, we, we love emotion, we love feeling, I love, and that's okay, it's all right. I'm not preaching against it. But can I tell you, when the rubber meets the road, we don't walk and live by our feelings. We walk and we live by our faith. Our faith is what sustains us. And I, I just want to tell us this morning that we need to connect our feelings and our emotions to the Word of God. And we might be feeling a certain way, but we need to go to the Word and see, is that Word matching up with that feeling? Because if it's not, the word's not going to change. My feeling needs to change. And, and sometimes we can make that applicable to um, how we live, how we act, how we react. Well, I just didn't feel good, so I, you know. Or I feel like, I feel like this is all right. 
you're thinking, man, he was preaching so good. Now he's meddling. It's like, I was feeling so good. Uh, but, you know, we say, I, I, I just feel like this is okay. I just feel like my granddaddy did it and my daddy did it. And I know that that preacher was preaching against it or, or, or this and that. But I just feel like it's okay. Feeling like something's okay doesn't make it okay. The only thing that makes it okay is if the word says it's okay. Is that okay? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Amen. God's word decides. So sometimes we just need to schedule a surgery. You say, oh, here we go. Pastor, a few weeks ago you tried to cook a meal while you preached and, and you've tried to build houses and now I'm going to tackle surgery. Dr. Payne in the house. <laughs> that even scares me. <laughs> but, but look in the, in the middle part of verse 12. It said, for the word of God is living and powerful. But then it goes on to say, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I've held a root up here recently, and I've held a hammer. I'm not bringing a two-edged sword up here and try to preach to you. I'll tell you that. I'll lose a finger. But I thought about this. If they, if they put that uh, picture on there, I, I th- I, when they said the two-edged sword and the sharpness, I started thinking about surgery. And, and there's been several surgeries within our church family lately. And a, a friend of mine had some very serious surgery lately. And, and th- that friend was telling me some things about, you know, what they do and how, how the surgery goes. But when you're going to have surgery, first it's scheduled. A surgery is scheduled. It's scheduled because there's a problem. And I thought about that in context to the Word of God. Um, uh, we have a problem. We, what is our problem? We live in a sinful world, and we have a sinful nature, and, and we're in a fallen place. So we, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. But God's Word has the answers. God's Word has the help. And I wonder how many times do we schedule time to be in God's Word? I was walking around the building this morning, and I don't usually do that, but uh, I was walking around and I popped in some classrooms and walked and looked around the parking lot and just, just uh, thought I'd get offered some cinnamon rolls downstairs and all those things, and I was walking around. But can I tell you what I, I, what I loved hearing? I know I'm being funny there, but I will be serious now. What I loved hearing as I walked past those doors and as I, as I peeked past Nelson's doors and as I walked back some, by some classrooms and downstairs, what I was hearing was the word of God being taught. That's a beautiful thing. The word of God, it was being taught and it was being taught well and it was being taught with skill and with passion. And I want to tell you, I thank God that we schedule times corporately for the word of God. And I just tell you, I would love if you don't get to come or haven't been coming to, to Bible class on Wednesday night or, or to 10 o'clock Sunday school, let me just give a quick infomercial and, and you're invited to come. But also as individuals, we need to schedule time as individuals for God's word. And don't wait till we need to have a catastrophic emergency surgery. Schedule times. Well, then when they take us in there, or they take you in there, I've, I've seen it many times, they start poking and prodding and trying to find your vein and they start sticking IVs into you and you start getting hooked up. Now, that's no fun. That's painful. 
but it's putting needed things into your body to help with the process that is happening and the process that is coming. Now, I'm not preaching about spiritual IVs, but maybe I am because I believe that as we get into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God honors the Word of God. Oh, my. That did something for me. I don't know if anybody else or not, but it did something for me. (laughs) Because when I read this Word, the Holy Spirit helps me as I read the Word. He guides me. And I believe he begins to infuse on the inside of me, giving me the help and the understanding and the power for living. And I become connected in a deeper way. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is sharp. It gets down on the inside. Sometimes when they take folks back to, to do the surgery, maybe all the time, they, we get strapped in and we, they secure us so we don't move. And I believe that sometimes, spiritually speaking, God needs to, to strap a few of us in sometimes. So we don't move, so we'll listen and hear this word. But when they go in and they're ready now to, to do the surgery, they take the utensils and they begin to cut. And they go into where they're supposed to go. It's not pretty. It's messy. It's not comfortable. It's painful. But it's needed. It's necessary. My wife had an infected gallbladder all messed up about a year or so ago. And I thank God that they were able to cut into there and laparoscopically, I guess, take that out. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that sometimes the word of God may seem offensive to us. Sometimes the word of God may seem uncomfortable to us. Sometimes the word of God will convict us. Sometimes it will cause us to be uneasy. It's sharp, but that's needed. That's needed. Now, I'm not talking about me coming up here and and blasting you and, and, and huffing and puffing and... No, but I'm talking about when we dig into the richness of the word and we realize that sometimes our lives and our mindsets are not matching up to his word and that can be sharp. That can be cutting, but that's important. It's important to allow God to open us up, take out the diseased organ, take out the diseased attitude for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So sometimes we need to have that spiritual surgery. And finally, we've talked about connecting our faith to the powerful God and connecting our, our, our faith to the powerful word, connecting our feelings to the powerful word, even when it doesn't always feel good. Now, I thank God sometimes it does feel good, doesn't it? And the word will make us rejoice and shout, and that's good too. But finally, I want us to talk about connecting our future to his word. Look back with me at Hebrews 4.12. Let's just go through the whole, whole scripture here together. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder or the division of soul and, and spirit and of joints and marrow. And here's the last part of that verse that I want to preach just a few moments on. 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. A discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I can look at someone and I can hear what they're saying. I can see how they're acting. I can watch their body language. But I truly can't fully, with 100% accuracy, discern their thoughts and their intents. But this word of God, when we get into it and it gets into us, it goes into our very heart and mind and it can discern what we really think, what we really believe, what our true mindset is. So I ask us this morning, I ask you a question, what are you thinking? Now sometimes my wife might have look at me and say, what are you thinking? If you ever looked at your spouse and say, what were you thinking? But I asked you this morning, what are you thinking? A few of you said, I am thinking, when are you going to end so I can get to the Woodgrill Buffet? <laughs> Let's not talk about that because I'll get distracted too. But I say, what are you thinking? In life in general, what are you thinking? What are you intending? What are our thoughts? What are our intentions? This is really where the rubber meets the road. This is really where we think about our motives, our attitudes, our grudges, our well-meaning thoughts, our kind thoughts. Our pure thoughts. All over that spectrum this morning, but I say to us, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Positive? Negative? Whatever it is, whatever it is, the Word of God reveals it. The Word of God reveals it. When we read His Word, we study His Word, it'll help us to come to grips with where are our true motives? Where is our mindset? What is our attitude? This word of God. And I don't mean it to be a hard thing this morning. I don't mean it to be a, a tough thing. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. It's really a beautiful thing. I don't believe any of you in this room would be here this morning if, if we didn't really want to please God. If we didn't really want to live right before God and, and if we really truly didn't desire to serve Him and be in relationship with Him, I believe you're here this morning because that, that is your heart. And, and I just want to tell you that if we connect with Christian principles, He'll show us how to do that. I just want to tell you that if we'll get in that Word and, and begin to study and begin to read and, and, and let it come alive in us, then, then His Word will, will help our attitudes become what they ought to be. Our motives become what they should be, our, our intentions. And if there are things like, like grudges or, or unforgiveness or hard feelings or, or whatever those things might be, this word will help get those out of our lives. No wonder the writer said it's powerful. You say, well, um, Pastor, you said you were going to connect our future to the word. And so you're preaching on and you're talking about motives and, and mindset. And I, I see the connection here because I believe that the Bible tells us, well, I know that the Bible tells us that as a man thinketh, so he is. And so I believe this morning that, that our mindset, our motives, our heart is going to dictate our future. 
So if I'm harping on it today, and if I'm dwelling on it today, if I'm thinking on it today, if I'm planning for it today, a lot of the time I'm going to end up acting up on it tomorrow. So what does that mean? That means we need to set our mind on things above, like the scripture admonishes us to do. Put our minds on Christ. Connect to Christ. Connect to Christian principles. Do that today. Do that tonight. Do that tomorrow. And then as we do those things in the present, we're going to connect to a future that God can bless. We can connect to a future that is going to be godly. Would you stand with me this morning? If our musicians will come and play something for us. Would you look back at that verse with me one more time? Hebrews 4 and 12. Hebrews 4 and 12. Let's read it together one more time. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I don't feel like that I have done justice to this sermon. Now I'm not, I'm not asking you to say, oh pastor, you did such a good job and, all, and I appreciate your kind words, but I, how do you preach and fully explain a book like this? How do I put it into feeble human words? How do I outline something and, and, and preach and teach for 20 or 30 minutes and really do justice to this word? Because this word, it is a very reflection of God himself. Because in John, he said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word is powerful. The word is lively. Sometimes it's sharp. Sometimes it's piercing. Sometimes it's discerning. But if I will connect to it, he will connect to me. And if he will connect to me, then my future will be promising and my future will be blessed. I believe in this word. I said, I believe in this word. I believe this word so very much that I have chosen and our family has chosen to do the best that we can to build our lives based upon this word. How about you this morning? I believe this word. From the first cover to the closing cover, I believe it. I don't always measure up to it. Sometimes I fall short of it. Sometimes I need God's grace to help me to get through and, and to do what it says. This word has never failed me. The promises of God have never failed me. The principles of God have never failed me. Never, ever, nor will they. You say, Pastor, that sounds too good to be true. It is. It really does seem too good to be true. But that's what grace is all about. 
And God sent his son. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I don't know about you this morning. But that gives me hope. Hallelujah. That gives me hope. I don't know about you this morning, but that gives me confidence. This world around us is waxing worse and worse, and there's there's turmoil, there's upheaval, there's evil, there's backbiting, there's, there's, there's things all around this world to disturb us, but the Word of God stands firm, unchanging, immovable, and all-inspiring. It is the Word of God, the living Word of God. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me all over this building? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, honor the preaching of your Word. Lord, watch over your word to perform it as you have promised. And God, as individuals, let us pray this prayer that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and that we'll hide your words in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the goodness of God this morning. I feel the sweetness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you that God always honors His Word. Whether His Word is preached or taught or sung. Whether it's read in a devotional. Whether it's studied in a Sunday school class or in a small group. God honors His Word. And the Holy Spirit adds the emphasis into our hearts and in our lives. And before we leave this building this morning, would you search your heart as an individual? Would you pray to God as an individual? I don't know where you are in life. I don't know where your relationship with God might be this morning, but I promise you that God knows and God cares. And He stands ready to bless you to help you, to give you comfort, to bring you salvation if you don't know Him. He is faithful. His Word is faithful. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Just just pray, church. Just pray all over this house. I, I sense the presence of the Lord. I sense the the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. There's still plenty of time. Just take some moments this morning and examine your heart. Hallelujah. Create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew and restore a right spirit within me. And take not away thy Holy Spirit from me. You say, Pastor, I don't even know if I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. But I want to tell you this morning that you can know before you leave this building, right where you stand, right where you are, as the 
Holy Spirit is moving in this place right where you stand. I just urge you and just ask the Lord, say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Forgive me. Make a new creature out of me. He knows your heart. Just reach out to Him and He'll reach out to you. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you don't know Him today, if you're unsure this morning, make it right before you leave this place. You can do it right where you stand. You can come to this altar. This altar is open for you. This altar is open for anyone who wants to come and pray. But by all means, if the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart this morning, make it right. Make it right. Make it right. Hallelujah. He said, today is the day of salvation. When I read the earlier part of chapter 4, and he, he was talking, the writer there in Hebrews in chapter 4, before our text, he was talking about rest, entering into rest. Jesus talked about rest. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But the writer there in chapter 4, he was talking about rest. And then he made a comment that said, harden not your heart this morning as you have heard the trueness of the word of God this morning as the Holy Spirit has obviously and clearly spoke to somebody's heart maybe many hearts this morning and even right now I sense his presence among us I say to you with all love and all kindness harden not your heart Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Is he knocking on your heart's door this morning? Let him in. Let him in. It'll be the greatest day of your life. Let him come in. Let him change you. Connect to Christ. Connect to Christ. And then connect to Christian principles. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not trying to belabor the point this morning. I'm not trying to just talk to be talking, but boy, I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm not trying to work up anything. The Lord is already here. My Heavenly Father. How you, your respect to the Lord, it's all right with me. It doesn't matter how you do it, but can we just honor the Lord for a few moments this morning? Hallelujah. 